Why is TJ so mean? Not, I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> this happens when you leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a hard week for him. <laughs> Podcast for the media by us.com. Joining me today is TJ. Yeah. Chris. I usually go first. Joining me today is Chris. <laughs> yeah. TJ. Nope. <laughs> Fuck y'all. And, uh, we're, we're glad to see Brent back. Thanks. Are we? Happy Brent. Happy life. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my name is David. And uh, on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about the homework from last week and uh, go on from there. So first... It was your assignment, David. It was my assignment. And uh, the assignment was the 1967 version of Bedazzled, which ended up becoming, I think, a year 2000 remake with Brendan Fraser, directed by Harold Ramis. I forgot about that part. Mm -hmm. The remake's underrated, I think. I know we'll talk about that later, but... I think we, those of us who have seen it, do feel that way. Yeah. Um, But I had seen some bits and pieces of this, uh, the older version before, and... uh, I wanted to assign it and talk about remakes. So this movie was definitely of its time, like I was talking about last week. You get a psychedelic intro to yeah. throw you in the mix, and you are in the swinging 60s. <laughs> yeah, I was in Britain too. Yeah. Like, so British. Unmistakably. Yeah. I was engaged from the outset just because of that, that intro. With mm-hmm. the, the music that was uh, composed by Dudley Moore. Yeah, that, that was crazy to me. He did like all the music. Mm-hmm. The Dudley Moore trio performed it. The, the like I won't always call it an overture. So it is, but like the intro was interesting. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I don't know. The whole movie was kind of like that for me. Like, oh, it's neat. And then like I've been really bored for fifteen minutes now. Mm. Like some jokes carried, some jokes didn't. I feel like I really got a kick out of uh, Peter Cook as the devil the whole time, though. He was great. I thought he was his like dry. I'm trying to avoid the word devilish charm, <laughs> but he's really dry, sarcastic, sardonic. Uh, he just like I was just on his wavelength in that movie. I yeah. thought he was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was great. Uh, I, it was only the second Peter Cook movie I've ever seen. The first being Princess Bride. The Princess Bride. Yeah. yeah. I've uh, never seen a movie with the two of them. Have y'all? No. Mm-mm. No. It was, <laughs> it was uh. They're good to see, I guess. I mean, I'd always heard about them. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're legendary. Uh, Peter Cook is like comic duo. Tops comic list from like, like super well regarded in the comedic circles. Is like mm-hmm. one of the funniest people that's ever lived. Yeah, when he does the, uh, the song, where he's just spoken word over, it's the bedazzled song. Yeah. Oh, I love that. God, he's so funny in that scene, I thought. Wait, is this the... Are you talking about the the cutaway? The rock and roll cutaway? Yeah, the, the pop star? Yeah, the song Bedazzled. Yeah, in that scene, that was yeah. what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, I could barely stay awake during that wish, because I thought it was absolutely boring. Oh, man, I thought that the one pop was star great. wish? Yes, I thought it was horrible. Oh, I thought it was great. It. I love the... Uh, it went on forever. The, the, the <laughs> shots of Dudley Moore walking through the crowd are just were so authentic to me for like that era and uh, whatever. Yeah, I love the, the filming the filming of his pop star segment. And like the, the image was kind of like cutting out in black and white. I thought it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I think you just described the whole like 12-minute scene in 10 seconds, so that's about all I needed. Like, I mean, that was my... I'd take away from it. I just thought, I thought it was like a drug. I thought the song was funny. Both songs were funny. I thought Love Me was funny. <laughs> Especially when you would get to the part where he screams, Love Me. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty good. I like to dremble wedge in the vegetation. <laughs> so, such English humor. You filled me with inertia. <laughs> I wrote some stuff. Yeah. It doesn't <clears throat> matter. I don't care. <laughs> so you said <laughs> that that was one of my that's weird that's one of my favorite parts of the movie yeah mine too it's that musical segment that was 
still to be wrong, guys. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought there was. I really enjoyed it. I was uh, surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Um, I thought there were a lot of funny parts. Like mm-hmm. even the parts that seemed like they would be dumb still got me. Uh, like the fly scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, the fly was really amusing. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, Especially the part where he tries to hang himself in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> well, that I, going back to the intro, I, I like how, how that sets the stage for the movie. The, he tries to hang himself, the pipe bursts, and then there's the whole uh, routine of like how to plug it. <laughs> yeah. And George Munch walks in, like grabs a, a cork out of a wine bottle, and just, he just like, pops it right in. <laughs> I also love how English's first wish sounds. The Frobisher and Gleason raspberry flavored ice lolly. (laughs) (laughs) Ice lolly. Ice lolly. Yeah. I thought the the intro when they're signing the contract was really fun. Mm -hmm. Peter Cook just like picking up records and like scratching them and just like sending them out into the ether. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You asshole. (laughs) Christie mystery novel tearing out the very last page and setting it on its way. Smashing fruit. Yeah, that was really good. I mean, it felt like, and I'm sure it was uh, influenced by or the other way around, maybe. But uh, it felt like watching a flying circus episode that was that ran a little long. You know, it was just that like quintessential British humor. Mm-hmm. It felt like not much new though. You know, like I also I like Monty Python, but I'm not. I'm not like ever excited for watching anything because it's all very similar. What is the time? When did Monty Python come out? The movies, the TV shows, TV shows were like around then. Flying Circus is around then. The first movies were after. Seventy-eight is Flying Circus or Flying Circus TV show? Yeah. So I think I think Holy Grail came out in (coughs) seventy-five, and I don't know, but Mm. but I think that was the first one that they did. Many of life's last. I'm not sure the order of the Brian. Yeah. One maybe in the early 80s. Life of Brian's like 78, 79. Okay. Yeah, many of life's almost 80 or 80s. Okay. Um, I'll look up Flying Circus. For, then we can slice and dice the podcast and sound super smart. <laughs> Flying Circus is 69 to 74. Oh, that's so predates. Predates all that. Yeah. And it's hard to tell what is, uh, you know, become routine versus what was kind of cutting edge of the time. It's always the difficulty with this, you know, going back 40-some-odd years. Right. 50-some-odd years. Some of my favorite stuff also was uh, Dudley Moore and Peter Cook as uh, Stanley, Stanley and George, when they're just, like, wandering around and he's kind of, mm-hmm. the devil's trying to tell him, like, his his, <clears throat> his side of the thing. I kind of like that stuff, Which? in addition to the wishes. Like, in between every wish, oh, they're right. kind of, yeah, like, those walking were along. Those, the, those are the best yeah, parts. I think th- those are the parts that that helped me stick through it, um, and all of the uh, you know the, the devil just mildly inconveniences people. Mm-hmm. Like those were I thought I thought were the funniest bits. Yeah, um, and some of the seven deadly sins were hilarious. Pride sitting at the vanity, and <laughs> he stands up and it's attached to him and just walks <laughs> out of the room. <laughs> And I forget English people pronounce it sloth. Sloth. <laughs> yeah, that was that was weird. <laughs> How dare um, Who were the girls that, that he invited along? Gluttony and... Avarice. Avarice. Yeah. So, <laughs> I love Avarice t- keeping constant tally of everything yeah. they spend. She's <laughs> like, gluttony is costing us a lot of money today. <laughs> <clears throat> Gluttony's got like a turkey leg. <laughs> they were like riding around on that roller coaster. They were all like smiling except for... Like, gluttony was still just like... <laughs> Gluttony's Gluttony did nothing but eat the entire movie, which is, yeah. I mean, perfect. But it was also just funny. It had to be a funny gig for that actress. Yeah. Just, we just need you to show up and eat things. <laughs> you don't even have to be aware that you're on a movie. <laughs> but I thought the 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 in betweener bits, the wishes themselves were like, I don't know. It, was, it, it felt very British. The um, the, 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 I guess technically the second one where he's the, the playboy who lives in the mansion. Oh yeah. The intellectual. Yeah. You know, the Mona Lisa gag was really funny, mm. but it, it took that third one for it to get funny. And then mm. the, I, I should go check on her. It was like till like the fourth or fifth time. 
mm-hmm. and then he finally catches him in the bathtub. And I don't know. It, some of those jo- jokes had such long punchlines that the payoff wasn't worth it. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe people back then were stupid, and they needed needed, needed a fucking runway to clear a joke. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I agree that when there's it's just those two together, like with uh, you know the 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 mansion thing where he, he's being cuckolded and mm-hmm. but he's got money and gives gifts. Some of the my, some of my favorite thing in there is uh, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore on the chairs, like watching them mm-hmm. go swim. <laughs> it's just like you must be a very happy man. Yeah, I must be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your it's wife like, is the very issue beautiful. of sex terribly thorny. It's terribly, terribly yeah. thorny. I thought Dudley, Dudley Moore was fantastic in the movie, just yeah. with a lot of his mannerisms and like. I can't imagine anybody else playing Stanley that mm-hmm. way. I can, Brandon Fraser. <laughs> yeah. Don't even talk, Brandon. You ain't seen it. That's true. I haven't seen it, but I would, I would have, I would guess that they would need to. I don't know change elements of him to, to remake it well. Nope. Modern day Dudley Moore. Nice. Be fresh. Same, same wishes too. It's weird. He asked for a Frobisher and Gleason's ice flavored lolly or whatever. <laughs> I'd like a lolly please. <laughs> I did look at the, the wishes. Like it's easy to kind of break this movie down because you just go by a wish and the the comparison wish in the, the remake is a Big Mac and Coke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But same thing. It's like I'll take you there, but you have to pay for it. So it's it struck me that that like Bedazzled was very much structured like a play, and it felt like a play to me. Mm-hmm. But I looked it up; it's never been a play, which surprised me because I think the structure of having the in betweens with the main two actors, and then each scene being fairly short and confined to one setting would work really well as they, a play. They did Broadway, though. I mean, I know you're not bedazzled, but Cook and Moore were on stage a lot together. Makes sense. It makes sense, then, that they would, like, write the movie this way. Because yeah. they wrote it, right? Yeah. Or yeah. Cook wrote it, and it was on a story they worked on together, mm-hmm. I think. Anyway, I think it would be a, a good play and fun to watch. I if, do, too. If they ever decided to do that. We could do it. <laughs> we could. Put on a play. Media bias presents the battle. <laughs> David as Dudley Moore as Stanley. <laughs> yeah, the media bias players. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do it like the SNL skit where we all wear like black turtlenecks? Yeah, yeah. In between scenes, we're like boom. <laughs> we're just out in the front yard. We're just as people drop by and wonder what the hell we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it sounds like yeah, we got our next we, yeah, yeah, we we steer clear of the movie talk fast on this one. <laughs> but uh, anything else you guys want to talk about with it? I thought the uh, I thought the girl I forget what's her name the character name uh, Margaret Spencer. Yeah, uh, I thought the one, I thought the actress who played Margaret was uh, was pretty good. She held her own against those two. She had some good delivery on the <laughs> the beginning with the. Um, What's the last thing you said to him? He goes, I said, we need a burger, no onions. <laughs> yeah. it was, it's funny when he's describing her at the beginning, he's like, she's the she's the perfect woman, and then she just turns around and gives him, like, it's just like the unhappiest face. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it's like the voice of an angel. It's like, no onion on the burger. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the funny disconnect. What's the thing about Raquel Welch? On the, the cover, who? on the poster. Yeah, who who dubbed that voice in? Yeah. <laughs> I, think, yeah, I think it's only seven minutes of uh, screen time. And probably like super memorable watching it live. It was probably like, oh my god, yeah, <laughs> this is porn. She's but lust. I feel a thing in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I guess she just walks in immediately. He's like, help me with these buttons, would you, please? <laughs> like. I'm here to get undressed. That's why I'm on this set. <clears throat> I did read something on IMDb that Peter Cook wanted to call the movie Raquel Welch when they were coming up with a title. <laughs> I read that, yeah. <laughs> so there would be Dudley Moore and Peter Cook in Raquel Welch <laughs> on the marquee. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. The movie definitely, I think it was trying to use her popularity. I think like a year or two before she was in... One million BC, like her with the loincloth 
yeah. the famous one. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that was around the same time period. I don't know. I yeah, think I think she was, I, I I think she was older. To see how how far into the Raquel Welch fervor everybody was. Yeah, she point. had to already be famous because she was on the cover and it was only like five minutes of screen time. Yeah. Her first film was in 66. Fuzzy Bridges. How, how well liked was Bedazzled by critics in the 60s? Uh, I think it was like mixed. Some people said it was like a trifle. Um, some people that it was said it was okay. It was Roger Ebert gave it a good review at the nice. time when he was young Roger Ebert. <laughs> young Raj. I guess more <clears throat> critically liked than liked better by critics than by audiences, I believe. At the time. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't a big success. No. But I mean, like I said, I think that uh it's it's real hard, like David was saying, to to put the comedy kinda in its place. And what it was, but it's pretty. I mean, I read for hours on Peter Cook and how there's some British list similar to the BFI thing you and I were talking about earlier, Brent. But uh, they pretty much like had comedians rank their their top ten of all time, and it was like a resounding number one. Peter Cook, Peter Cook. Yeah. nice. It's like everybody's go-to favorite. So I'm sure a lot of that means he was, you know, uh, you know the forefront of a lot of stuff probably yeah yeah and it's also I mean it's a tricky subject religion when you uh, like when it comes to audiences embracing a movie that especially like the older you get the more that's true yeah I did like his explanation for the devil falling from heaven (laughs) is that he just got bored of you know at first we adored him he was the most adorable thing he'd ever seen (laughs) and then then makes a Dudley Moore dance around adoring him (laughs) <laughs> Dudley Moore's dancing in that is fantastic. He doesn't know what to do. The tree is pretty good. Sex, top marks for that. Just like dancing around like... <laughs> yeah. Yo, so great. I did think the ending of um, the original was better than the ending to the new one. And I know Chris disagrees with me on that. Yeah, not strongly. Right, right, right. But I was like, And I just mean the story alone. The, the reason how it all gets resolved. Man, British people are obsessed with nuns. <laughs> and they think they think that the idea of like trampolini nuns has got to be like hilarious. <laughs> or men's dressing as nuns too, just yeah. in general. A man dresses a battle on a trampoline. What could be funnier? <laughs> We've reached big genius. <laughs> um, in the uh, the remake, Brent, the devil uh, at the end, Stanley says. Like, I just want her to be happy, the girl. And that voids the contract. So he's uh, free. I want so her to be happy with or without me. Cause right. It's a selfless act. It's a selfless act, which voids the contract. It's like, when there was a fine print in the contract that is not known throughout the entire movie. <laughs> right. So it's a little a little eye-rolling to me. A little mm-hmm. deus I mean, ex They're both a little eye-rolling. But this one I liked a little, a little better, this ending. Yeah, I'm, I'll... I'll watch the new one if it's ever streaming now because I'm I'm curious. The wishes, are, the the vignettes are the same. No, they're they're real funny. Oh. They're mm-hmm. they're similar in theme. Yeah, to a lot of these. Okay, like the music one. He's a uh, plays in the NBA, right? Yeah, yeah. athlete. There's another he's, one where and he's his, in, he, he does he does a courtside uh, interview that's really funny. The 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 broken part of that wish is that he's real dumb. He's got a huge dick because that was a problem. Real small dick, tiny dick. Oh yeah, he's got a small dick in that one. That's right. And he's just real dumb. He can't like it's. He acts it well, like yeah. knowing that he's real dumb and being like real frustrated that he can't be smart. Oh right. Yeah. In the interview, he's like, you know, I just want to like go out there and get hundred ten percent, help a team. He just says it over and over again. <laughs> he gets real frustrated. <clears throat> no, it's funny. So Elizabeth Hurley plays the Peter Cook role. Yep. Yeah. She's the devil mm-hmm. in that one. Yep. And I don't think in the remake, are there the sins? Seven Sins? No. No. There's his friends that appear in All the Wishes. Right. The only one I remember now is uh, Orlando Jones. Mm-hmm. Is one of them. But yeah, it follows the same arc. He wishes to be uh, rich and powerful, and then is cuckolded, and he's a Colombian drug lord. 
Um, he wishes to be. Um, He's got the. In- he wants to be intelligent, witty, and well endowed. Yeah. And there's a twist to that one too. He's gay. He's gay. He's gay. Um, oh, he wants to be a powerful man. Yeah. He, he's, he, he wants to be president. Yeah. He's and, Lincoln at the Fort Theater. <laughs> <laughs> that was only last about. Yeah. Ten seconds. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's it's like a it's it's a movie for fifteen year olds though. Like, who plays God in that? Do we know that guy? The the black guy who plays God in the remake. Mm, I don't know. I don't remember. It's been a bit since I've seen it. Yeah, I don't think he's anybody um, too famous. Anybody else before we move to the next thing? Yeah, it's pretty much. You know, it was of this time. I yeah, of this time I I enjoyed Mm -hmm. it. I thought it was funny. Mm -hmm. Um, I like the the Peter Cook sensibility. You know, it made me check out some stuff on YouTube. There's a famous Beyond the Fringe or something that he did in Edinburgh with like. Him, Dudley Moore, and like his like comic pals, hmm. the comic retinue at the time, started the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. It's like a famous one. Uh, I watched like five minutes of it, but I was like, oh, this is too British. <laughs> this is too dry. I recognize it's very funny, and I'm smiling at it, but I have to stop. <laughs> just watching it with Cassandra, and she just like she can't watch Monty Python. She can't take it, and she couldn't take this really. Yeah. She watched a couple times and just hated watching the whole thing just because she can't. She said she can't understand what they're saying. Like, mm. she just can't. Can't understand the sentences they're making. Mm. Which I find weird. Well, I wish we could move on to the main topic. Julie Andrews! Let's do it! <laughs> so main topic, we're talking about remakes. There are so many remakes. Maybe we can, uh, I don't know, how you guys want to start this off? Well, first, let me ask, what do you think about Bedazzled made it uh, a good movie to remake or a bad movie to remake, If you, depending on how you feel about the remake? I think it made it a good idea for remake because it's one of the core things for, I think, what makes good remakes is a good premise. I think it's a good, easy premise, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's a take on Faust, the Faustian... Take. Yeah, there's enough you can change. Yeah. Also, I think when you you made the good point that it's a uh, it's a movie very firmly entrenched in its time. Mm-hmm. I think that also makes it easier to remake True. because you know it's it's very much a '60s movie, mm-hmm. and so also super British. Yep. So you can make it a you know turn of the century, yeah, so Americanized version. Yeah. So you're dragging it out of the UK and out of the '60s then. I mean, the remake is, he's a software engineer, like, the devil is using, uh, uses, like, programming to, like, keep track of people's sins. You know, it's it's very 2000. Mm-hmm. I also think it helps that it's, even though it was, even if it's a good movie, or a bad movie, I don't think that matters as much, but it's, it, it didn't seem, like, super iconic, the original. Yeah, and so... It wasn't such a huge success that it's... That the new one was like, had that looming over it. Like there was not the shadow of the original looming over the yeah. the remake. When you're watching the second one, you're not like waiting for oh they're about to do this big scene. Right. Scene everyone knows from Bedazzled. <clears throat> right. Like when uh, Tim Burton remade Planet of the Apes. Like I would compare that to a movie where like that's an example of why are you trying to remake something that has that everybody knows that's such a huge. You know, iconic movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like, well, I was trying to think of a, you know, I was trying to argue with you, trying to come up with something that fits that, that's a good remake. First thing I thought of was True Grit. The original super popular. I mean, it yeah. won lots of awards. I think they kind of had to, it kind of had to wait that long. I think that was, if they had tried to make True Grit in the 80s. When was the first True Grit made? Uh, 69? 69, yeah. When was the first Planet of the Apes? Probably around the same time period. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not too much different. But, I don't know, I feel like more people today are familiar with Charlton Heston's Planet of the Apes than they are with John Wayne's Trigret. Yeah, I would say so, too. More, but it's definitely not 
I mean, it's not like True Grit's a small movie at all. You know, I would say culturally, it's a pretty small movie. Okay. What's <laughs> well, the cultural impact of Planet of the Apes? Like, yeah. like Brent was talking about, mm-hmm. like something with a memorable scene. Like I'm thinking of remake of Old Boy. The Spike Lee did. It's like, are they going to do the famous bat, the famous fight scene? Yeah, hammer, the, hammer hallway. The hammer hallway. Yeah, but or nobody, the eating I mean, light squid. That's an example of a memorable scene, and from a movie that you know ninety percent of the population hasn't heard of until the American movie came out. I would say. Yeah, yeah it, it, that, that's an example. I wasn't talking about that. Right. I'm talking about for Planet of the Apes. That is a cultural phenomenon. The the ending and the get your paws off and you damn dirty apes. I think it's more culturally present than. Sure, I would like, totally agree with that. Yeah. But is that what you're saying? That I thought you were saying, like, what was your original point? Then I was maybe confused. My original point is just that it's it seems daunting and a bad idea most of the time to try to remake something that still has iconic status among the people you're trying to get to come see the movie, like something they recognize and something they know, like a story they already know. And I think most people. I don't know. The Coen Brothers are weird, so it's hard to right. it's hard to make. Sure. Right. But when it came to Burton and Planet of the Apes, I think that was a just should have been a bad call from the beginning. Which is why the new movies I think have done so well is because they're not trying to remake; they're just telling a different story. Although I, I have heard that the the goal for those movies is to get to the point where they remake Planet of the Apes. Well, I mean, if they if it takes them three good movies to do that, I guess at that point they've earned it more than just one guy saying, I'm going to remake this classic movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that we're talking about this using True Grit and Planet of the Apes, like the, what, 2004 remake? When was that? Tim it may have been early. I think it's like 2002, somewhere yeah. in the early aughts. When, like, the remakes that people, like, jump up and down and, like, scream about are, like, the, the Ghostbusters 3 mm-hmm. and the new Blade Runner movie that's coming out. It's like kind of a sequel, not really a sequel, kind of a reboot. <laughs> you guys, you guys went deep for this. I mean, they're they're still valid points. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Ghostbusters is a bad, bad example of what I was trying to say because the movie's different. It's a not a it's not a remake. I mean, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. A totally different story. It's yeah. It's like, is it? It's a no, it's, it's a right. reboot. It's, it's or a, a sequel. Like, True Grit is the movie remade. Right. And yeah. Ghostbusters Three is not. Oh, that's right. Ghostbusters is definitely not a remake. It's either a reboot or a sequel. Right. And you can't tell from watching it. <laughs> yes. What's the difference between a reboot and a remake again? Because Ghostbusters is definitely on a list of remakes. Yeah, I mean... Modern one. I'll say it's... it's uh, that's why I wasn't using remake. I was saying Ghostbusters 3 is different than... True Grit is... Shot for shot. Original True Grit remade. And mm-hmm. Ghostbusters 3 kills a... Completely different story than the original Ghostbusters did. You st- okay, so that's a good question. When I say, because there's a very fine line between reboot and remake for me. I think, I think reboot is taking a character or characters and restarting their story in a different way, whereas remake is more of just like you're remaking this movie, you're retelling this exact story. So how about a famous remake that's supposed to be one of the best ever is, like, The Fly. Remake of, like, a 1930s horror movie. Would that be a reboot, then? Because the story's completely different. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a classic a... remake. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a... I think it's a... I think you could be a remake and be a reboot. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Sure. Also, I think that the, the word reboot got kind of... Uh, Superhero, yeah, because because it's about rebooting an entire franchise. It's more of like okay. a a reset to zero, and then you can tell not just that one story again, but you can tell all of the stories that build off of that again. Hmm. It's basically but, a way of saying we're not embold- or we're not beholden to the movies that came out before us, right? And it's 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 a word that we define now to, I guess, encompass remakes or remakes encompass it. Mm-hmm. That I don't think was relevant or even... I mean, it obviously wasn't usable in 1937 or whenever the fly came out later mm-hmm. because they didn't have fucking computers. Well, they did, but, you know, rebooting wasn't something that happened. Oh, uh, that's a good point. Yeah, <clears throat> true. Yeah, that's a good... I mean, I think the first time I really heard it a lot was the Chris Nolan Batman movies. And, I like, rebooting it was a way of saying, Joker can exist here. 
mm-hmm. because you know just because Jack Nicholson fell off a building doesn't right. mean we don't we can't use the Joker. Right. Mm-hmm. This is not this is a different storyline, um, and I, I guess it doesn't matter as much because with like True Grit, I mean you're not rebooting True Grit for a. a new storyline like right. sequels or anything so I guess it doesn't matter as I want much. a LaBeef a spinoff <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to uh, to play the game we're playing where we like define all that and what makes it good because you have you know examples and we have yeah there are examples that'll break any rule we try to make but you yeah. also have you know people like when they do a shot for shot remake like why didn't they like why did they even make this movie if they're just remaking the shop shot remake right but then when they change stuff you have a totally different subset of people that are like well, why would they change that yeah so I mean you can't and then even the other examples of the directors who do shot for shot remakes of their own thing and people are saying like why would you do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah when you said it's like every every combination has a detractor right yeah nobody's ever happy Right. Uh, but but when, <laughs> nobody's ever happy. <laughs> Period. <laughs> I think we reached a mission. Cast, cast over. Uh, but when Chris said uh, shot for shot, that reminded me of a better example than uh, Planet nope. of the Apes, and that's Gus Van Sant's Psycho. Hmm. Was it Gus Van Sant? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was <laughs> not part of his death trilogy, though. <laughs> That's later. Com- completely. The, the, the happy one. It's a palate cleanser. Yeah, just, Psycho is just completely pointless. Yeah. And it's, I would say the original is more iconic than Planet of the Apes. And making a shot for shot remake is even more pointless than just shot for shot plus nipples. <laughs> were there nipples? Uh, man, I argued with this with you like a year ago. I was, you were like, you said it was a shot for shot remake. Somebody was like, and hey, she's naked in that. And I was like, no, she's not. It's a shot and shot remake. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think she's... We don't need to reboot this argument. <laughs> no, we don't. I just know I wasn't talking about that shitty movie with anybody else. <laughs> That's what that would be. Um, I, I'm not trying to trying to detract from that. I just don't remember the remake of Psycho. I mean, how good or bad it was. But... Yeah. If you're just joining us, David just got shanked prison style. Um... But the to enter a new complication. What about a reimagining, like American Psycho? I know it's based on a book, but the book uses, you know, the the basic themes and ideas of Psycho, right? It's Patrick Bateman, Bates Motel. It's it's, uh, yeah. I mean, he's crazy. The things aren't there that are there. Yeah. So it's like a uh, it's like, like a loose homage. Yeah, spiritually attached, mm-hmm. spiritual successor, kind of. Is that what they say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like man. It's like, not though. I was gonna say it's kind of like Tim Cloverfield, Lane Cloverfield, but yeah, yeah, that like spiritual may or may not be the same, right? Kind of thing. Just yeah, the same tone. I guess it doesn't really matter where someone gets inspiration from. That doesn't make it relevant to this conversation. Because no one, no one's gonna say like, I don't know if it does. That's should the thing. should like, someone should someone draw from the birds and make a movie about the uh, frogs? It's like uh, sure, like whatever. No one's gonna say like that. If it's good, that was that's kind of my answer. That was a rip off, and it's like no, nah, not really. You know, you can get your Hitchcockian suspense. And... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the. Have you anybody seen the original Ocean's Eleven? No, it is just completely different. Than the, the remake. I mean, it has. They have one thing in common, and that's that they're stealing stuff. That's, that's <laughs> and, it. And there are 11 of them. <laughs> I don't think there are. In the original. <laughs> Seven? Yeah, I mean, it's just the. No, there, there are, but they're, they're nowhere near as major characters as they are in Ocean's 11. Are you guys aware that there's going to be an Ocean's trilogy sequel? It is an all female cast all female. Yeah. called Ocean's 8. Yeah. They went backwards in the numbering scheme on the Oceans movies. I'm really glad that they are messing with it, that like Fast and Furious uh, is setting the tone for uh, making movie series difficult to remember the titles of. But yeah, the uh, <laughs> Oceans 8. Yeah, Oceans 11, 12, 13, and then 8. <laughs> it's, like if, if it's, the, it's like if any third movie called itself like Ghostbusters Zero. 
<laughs> Any third movie. <laughs> Nine Fast and a Little Furious. <laughs> Can we call the next one that one? Yeah. Write a letter. It's like eight Fast, Three Furious. <laughs> eight, oh, fast, eight Fast, Three Furious, Six, Four, Nine, Two, B. Fast, <laughs> fast 24, Furious 14. <laughs> Seven. Man, this is nonsense. <laughs> Literally talking nonsense. There's, there's just secret the room code in all the numbers. I feel like there's been a gas leak in this room. <laughs> I came back fast, 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 furious, fast, fast, furious, furious. Too spooky for you. We know numbers. 24, Drink. 14. Drink your oval team. Well, does anyone have a, a general direction they want to steer this conversation? So I, I do. Um, I uh, I was going to ask one of the things I was curious about is: Do you guys have movies in mind from? Uh, so, what's the time span between Bedazzled and Bedazzled? Thirty years. Thirty years ish. Yeah. Do you have a Do you have any movie from twenty five to thirty five years ago that you think would be ripe for a remake? Well, because first, let me figure out what years you're talking about. Like eighty five to ninety five, somewhere in somewhere in that range. Like uh, I'm, because uh, I'm noticing that's also when uh, there's a movie coming out soon, or it's already out. I don't know. I saw the previews, and that's about all I've seen of it. But uh, Ellen Page is in oh, um, a remake of Sleep Seekers, Finders, Dreamers. What's it called? Flatliners. Flatliners. Yeah. Um. And I think that's an interesting idea for a remake, just because, you know, the original movie... I actually don't know if the movie was any good or not. I think I saw some of it when I was a kid, and... I remembered liking it, I think. Yeah, and, and but it's also not so iconic that it's like, you can't mess with Flatliners. Like, no one would say that. <laughs> but Someone would say that for Lost Boys, though. You can't mess with Lost Boys. And then you've also got Bruce Willis uh, has just announced he's going to be in a remake of... Uh, what Chuck Norris movie is it that he's remaking? Bloodsport. Bloodsport. No. no. Well, isn't There's he, isn't he in the Charles Bronson Death Wish? Oh, I'm Death sorry, Wish, Charles yeah. Bronson. Okay, yeah, there is a Bloodsport remake. <laughs> there is a Bloodsport out. going out. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, "There's no way Bruce Willis is in Bloodsport." <laughs> My eyes. <laughs> Frank Dukes. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's Death Wish. He's they're remaking Death Wish. So. <laughs> 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 So, uh, are there any movies from that era that you would that you think would be a good movie to remake? Because, and I'll I'll start off. I, I thought of one, and it's I love this movie. I don't know if it can really be improved on that much, but I would like to see the story given to a new audience. And that was uh, the 1992 movie Sneakers. I think that would be fun because it's an ensemble movie about uh, they build a machine that can break all codes, mm-hmm. and it's about. I mean. That's the uh, original movie. The you're talking about the Imitation Game. That's what you're talking about. Christopher. That's how computers work. using the Imitation Game machine? Or closing a bank vault. Jing, jing. That's how you know it's that one. Yeah. So, difference. so like, a, like a, an update. On sneakers, kind yeah, of. because sneakers is very dated technologically, mm-hmm. but it's still a lot of fun. Thinking about updating movies from that time period, it's fun. like you can do redo misery. Like you're my favorite Twitter person. <laughs> you're my favorite Vine star. Fresh. <laughs> <laughs> but see, uh, if you if you update the net, it's not a good movie. Like some true. of the best parts of the net are like how dated it is, and right. like you know. Like a floppy disk that has like 200 megs on it, like infected her, her infected the whole internet <laughs> with a virus. Plus, I just love old like 80s and 90s representations of hacking. Yeah, it's just like uh, yeah. mana from heaven, like going like, like in into hackers. The... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't there one where they're like flying like a spaceship? Between bricks of data or something. Probably. I think a, so, yeah. That sounds, that sounds very 90s hacking. <laughs> so even the hacking scene in Jurassic Park, it's oh, yeah, pretty it's, bad. It's also bad. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. How do I feel about a, an E.T. remake? I know that's like hallowed ground, but... Ooh. I want to say something about the hallowed ground thing. I think people need to stop being so fucking precious about movies. Like, they... like. No, like people say that, like, <laughs> all right, baby boomer. 
No, like, oh, no, how good. dare they remake this movie? It's like, don't see it. So I don't, for, for me, it's not as much outrage as much as like, oh, this was just a bad decision. Like, like a bad yeah. decision as far as sure. like trying to make a successful thing that people will like. In the sense that there are finite resources studios have and actors committed and <laughs> directors and screenwriters. You're going to waste a year on this. Yeah. That makes me sad. But there's definitely a contingent of people who don't like that the legacy of whatever mm-hmm. is now this new movie and not the original. Mm-hmm. That are like offended yeah, by that. They need to get over that. Hollywood's, Hollywood, yeah. Hollywood's been remaking stuff since the twenties. Like the, I mean, they've been churning out remakes forever. People yeah. act like it's a recent trend. Like Maltese mm-hmm. Falcon is a remake. A bunch of these old movies were remakes. Of Wizard, like, of Wizard of Oz is a remake. Wizard of Oz remake. Um, yeah, those two. Yeah, <laughs> Just, that's two of them. <laughs> <laughs> two. Right there. What else do you need? Uh, There's probably like at least seven. Yeah, I think E.T. could be improved upon. I do think that movie is overrated only because it's at it's you know rated so highly. I think it's overrated. Yeah. Even from being highly rated. Yeah, it's a childhood darling movie, so lots of people will cling to it. The challenge is if you're remaking it, are you doing CGI? In which case, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Or if it's something practical, it's going to be tough to get out of the, the creepy, cute valley. You know, the dichotomy of that stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's a it's a, a good story that could be made into a, a really fun movie. And I would go watch it. I'd like to see a mashup of E.T. and A Boy and His Dog. I'd like to see a version of E.T. <laughs> where the Jesus. government takes E.T. at the end. Oh, God. Just tortures him at the end. That's yeah. the end of the movie. That's the end of the movie. E.T. gets tortured and killed. Yeah, grow up, people. Yes. <laughs> this is probably what would happen. Get your heads out of the sand, sheeple. <laughs> yeah. What about, like, can we get, because we're probably going to get it, a live-action remake of Aladdin? <laughs> Assume that's coming at some yeah, point. Yeah, Guy Ritchie's directing it. Uh, that's right. Sorry, uh, who's the cast? Will uh, Smith. Will Smith, that's right. Oh. He's going to recreate his character from A Shark's Tale. That's, that's the genie now. Yes, yeah. yeah. He knocks Aladdin out and he says, Welcome to Agrabah! <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb. I want him to get back to rapping the the main theme of every movie he's in. <laughs> that was great in Men in Black and Wild Wild West and stuff. <laughs> Can you imagine what like an I Am Legend rap would have been? <laughs> Seven great. pounds. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Movies. So sad. Yeah, I, I can't really think of anything. Uh, you know, they're doing them all. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're we are we are their target demographic right. for remakes. Right? I mean, they now. did what? They did Point Break, right? Yeah, yeah that movie sucked. Yeah, the remake. Really they did Red Dawn. Oh, the original Point Break isn't. I mean, it's yeah. it's fun, yeah. but it's not that good of a movie. Same with Red Dawn. I think yeah. Point Break has too much of a cult about it for like appreciating the bad stuff and the good stuff in there is really good. But I think it's also overrated. So we're talking about the thirty-year period that's the you know thirty years prior to here, which is before the huge influx of like Jurassic Park, Toy Story, CGI came out. Is that going to be way harder thirty years from now to discuss remaking movies that came out now? Because there's not a lot to. I mean, I'm not saying that there won't be new technology in thirty years, but there's not going to be the jump from 1990 to now. That's not going to happen again in technology, Unless it's really. another technology thing, like converting Toy Story to completely 3D. Like, immersive entertainment movie. It's terrifying, you in Sid's bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking doll spider crane thing comes at me, I'm out. What if they, yeah, like, Refund. like a VR movie where you select the character you want to, you want to see through the eyes of. And you can, you can watch the movie, like, 14 different ways. Yeah, I don't know. It, I kind of agree, but at the same time, I don't know. I feel like Hollywood will find a way. Should remake Major League. I'll watch that. And Mr. Baseball. Yeah, but do people care about baseball anymore? Or should it be another sport? Yeah. Like, yeah, baseball movies haven't been doing that great recently. Uh, Moneyball is good. The, oh yeah, Moneyball. Moneyball yeah, made like $100 million, but that was, was a while ago. Yeah. That was like six years ago. They also haven't really tried many baseball movies lately. Like, I don't think any has been... Not, not I think it's for that reason yeah. because yeah, they're not, not testing as, well with some group, whether it's producers or screenwriters right. or whatever. 
sports movies themselves just aren't. Yeah, I was about to say, I, don't, I can't think of many great <clears throat> recent, like, successful sports movies mm-hmm. from a financial Neither. standpoint. They still make good ones. Yeah. Like, the Chris Hemsworth racing movie was good. Yeah. But it, I don't think it made a ton of money. Furry. <laughs> what was that one called? I don't Rush. Know. Rush, that's right. <laughs> Fast. There's some stupid one word title. It was just like, could, it could have just been called Car. <laughs> yeah. Is that a Ron Howard movie? Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, what else? <laughs> I don't know. You got, you got a list of shit written down. Yeah, it's a list that? of like remakes. You just have a list of remakes? I'm just writing down some remakes. Did you want to just, did you write down for <laughs> your own edification or did you want to talk about it? There's some people? categories that are interesting. Um, like we're talking about with translating British to American setting. There's been a cottage industry for the past like 20 years of, especially in the horror realm, converting mm-hmm. um, foreign horror movies to modern, or American English speaking horror movies. Mm-hmm. Starts with like, uh, not starts with, but like The Ring, The Grudge, Pulse, all the Japanese stuff. And yeah. there's Quarantine, the remake of Wreck, the Spanish horror movies getting remade. Let the right one in? Yep. It's still another one where it's like a decent premise um, is most of what a horror movie is. Because if you do that with some jump scares, it doesn't really even matter a lot of the time if it's good. Yeah. If it's good performances or even costs a lot of money. But it's going to make money, True. especially if it comes out in September, October. Yeah. I think, and, and translating a movie, I think, is fine for a remake, especially if the original was either hard to get or wasn't available like mm-hmm. on streaming sites or anything you know like yeah remake those movies like if you know the like the ring like juon which is a juon or is that this grudge, the grudge yeah. um, ringu, ringu yeah. like there's no way that would have gotten distributed in the u.s if it hadn't been for the success of the ring yeah and there's so no way like, we watched Ringu. There's yeah. no way we would have watched Ringu without The Ring coming out. Right. Right. But, like, Let the Right One In, I feel like Let the Right One In had, like, a pretty big, obviously not, like, you know, U.S., like, multi-theater exhibition mm-hmm. audience, but had a lot of people see the Swedish... Swedish? Swedish. Swedish version first. And then when Let Me In came out, there was a lot more groaning, because it was pretty widely available. It's kind of like Old Boy at that point. Yeah. Like Old Boy was already on Netflix, mm-hmm. yeah. and pretty widely available by the time. I mean, we watched a rented copy from Blockbuster. Yeah. You know, in conservative-ass town that we lived in. Like, yep. like you, could, you could see Let the Right One In or Old Boy if you wanted to. If you sought it out. It was not hard to find. Whereas, like, when uh, Martin Scorsese remade Infernal Affairs as The Departed... That was probably less known. Right. Yeah. And he also, you know, Infernal Affairs was like a three-movie arc. Oh, really? Yeah. And so he kind of took pieces out of each movie to tell, like, one cohesive single story in two and a half hours. But anyway, that's my my, my bit on foreign films coming sure. to America. Yeah, I, 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 don't I don't have as much it. of an issue with those. I think it, if it helps find a better audience and it builds a bridge to people... Going with the original, I think it's hard to be offended by it. Yeah, especially if you're like a huge fan of like Let the Right One In and you don't care for Let Me In, like stay quiet because if people watch Let Me In and they find out it's a remake, they might be more likely to watch Let the Right One In. Yeah, and you've got a bigger audience than the movie that you like more. The only the only flip side is that it could, if it's a bad remake, it could create a hurdle for people to like ever get around to seeing the good one if like you True. want them to. Yeah. It doesn't change what I think about the original at all. Yeah. It doesn't hurt anything. Yeah. I'll, if it I'll, hurts a legacy, that's a you problem, not a me problem. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I, I don't like the remake, so I'm just going to watch the original. Like, if, if I want to see that story again, like then I'll skip the remake. I'll watch the original. Yeah. Like, how devastating is it for someone to say, oh, my favorite movie is Ghostbusters, and someone says, oh, you mean the recent one? And just like, how difficult is it to say, no, I mean the original? Right. Instead of like, <laughs> you know, your head exploding and... <laughs> Or if someone's like, I watch ah! like, oh yeah, I really like Ghostbusters. It's, you know, Kristen Wiig is hilarious. And it's like, well, have you seen the, the first two? Mm-hmm. They say no, and then go, okay, well, you should see them. They're funny. Yeah. Like, that's it. End of conversation. You'd, you'd probably like them a lot. <laughs> yeah. Because they have men in them. Men <laughs> yeah. are funnier. Everyone knows this. It is known. Um, um, other avenue besides, like, the translation and the horror thing was... Uh, 
I don't mind um, kids' movies get constantly remade. Like, we would never have Homeward Bound, because Homeward Bound is a 1960s movie called The Incredible Journey. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Beauty in the... Or Jungle Book is, is a remake of a you know older story. A lot of those early Disney stuff are... You, know, you could consider them remakes of things that have been filmed. Beauty and the Beast was like yeah. a early 30s French movie, right? Mm-hmm. And it's an old uh, Mid-40s. fairy tale. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Bust my balls, Black. Dang, I'm saying Black. But you also have Angels in the Outfield as a remake, yeah, uh, yeah. like Parent Trap. I think it's a decent remake. The Lindsay Lohan one was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so then you can't begrudge Disney for doing these live action updates. Yeah, because you know, also they, like they're they haven't sucked, right? And Beauty and the Beast and Cinderella were okay. Jungle Book was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm excited about Lion King too. Yeah, good yeah. talent. And Disney's a corporation. Like, these are tried and true. They know they're going to make a ton of fucking money off these movies. So they're going to do it, whether people bitch and moan about them remaking them and them being, like, tarnishing their memories. Well, you know, it's just, it's going to happen. Yeah. Is Maleficent a remake of Sleeping Beauty? No. Movie? It's not a remake, but it's... It's like a retelling. I yeah, don't know where you're to find it. Okay. It's from a different point. It's like, the, like Wicked. That and, yeah. like, okay. that and, like, Snow White and the Huntsman that, that kind of went, like, off on a rail just... Making like a series of movies about Snow White, yeah, weirdly, because there was also another Snow White out at the same time, right? It was Mirror Mirror with Julia Roberts? Okay, played the was evil witch. Kristen Stewart one, yeah. Was she Huntsman? Yeah, movies? yeah. Okay, I forget who was in Mirror Mirror. Some no, nobody like super famous who played Snow White. Julia Roberts was on the cover of the DVD as the witch hmm. or queen or whatever. Maybe Lily Collins. I don't know who that is, so it's possible. <laughs> Phil Collins' daughter. Was in the blind side. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're all in agreement. Moving on. Nobody here, that's, uh, <laughs> nobody here that is, you know, pissed at remakes, because I feel yeah. like that's a more popular stance, but since we're all smart people. <laughs> I mean, it's like I said, if I ever feel feelings of, of being pissed, it's really just because of, like, you're, this is... You're wasting time with something that could be better. Like if if Disney decided to remake Empire Strikes Back as the next Star Wars movie, I would be pissed. Not because Empire Strikes Back is so like holy to me, but because I love new Star Wars movies. Make a fucking new Star Wars yeah. movie. I guess yeah. It's yeah. like the opposite argument of my buddy John when uh, Nolan took a break in the middle of in between Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises to make Inception. And I was like, man, I can't wait for Inception to move. That's crazy. And John, he was like, I already hate that movie because I just wanted to make the third Batman. <laughs> <laughs> like, I could be watching Batman. That's all I'm going to think about the whole time I'm watching Inception. Yeah, I hate this Batman. Um, Denis Villeneuve, other than getting attached to Blade Runner, I think just got pegs to do uh, another kind of high-profile um, remake. I'm going to look it up. I really hope it's the Fox. Of the Is he doing a Dune? Dune. Yeah, he's oh. doing Dune. And like, I don't you know, think there's been a definitive Dune yet. No, Dune could Dune needs Dune. Dune is Dune. <laughs> um, I think it would be great because that that original movie is like crazy and has a cult following for a reason because the acting is like fucking wooden and terrible and the effects are you know Muppets and really bad claymation on green screen. Like they they could do some cool shit with the Dune universe. I mean, there's like thirty thousand books written by that dude. Dune Dude. Dune Dude. Dune Dude. That. And a director like Denis Villeneuve, as much as you want him to be making arrivals, you know, he's a great director to peg as like, hey, we got a sci-fi movie that, you know, is going to be challenging to remake. It's like, yeah, Villeneuve is perfect for it. The same point. I mean, Arrival is not original. You know, it's based on a short story. Yeah, but we can't start calling movies that are based on short stories remakes. Why not? Then, then, and, and you can. Then, yes. It'll get real confusing there. Yeah. <laughs> but just like the, the cults of like original movies, people saying like remake stuff is like ruining things. I don't mean that like original properties entirely, like new IPs. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was the first to put a rival to film, right? Sure. That's, that's what I mean. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if they remade 
Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> they should. I think what they should do. I don't think the definitive version's been filmed. No. I was going to ask. I was going to put forth to the, the three video gamers if you could remake any video game movie, what would you pick? But I didn't ask that because I'm, I feel like the obvious answer is Mario Brothers. I'm excited mm, about yeah. the new Tomb Raider. Uh, Alicia Vikander yeah. is playing Lara Croft, um, which. It's the same Mario Brothers kind of thing that like, I just feel like it's probably going to suck. But it's it's in line with the rebooted Tomb Raider franchise, the video game franchise. It's like a young Lara Croft kind of figuring out that she's a Tomb Raider. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I have the urge to raid that tomb. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I'd like to remake, I know it's like a whole cinematic universe now, but uh, Resident Evil. Because I don't think they ever got at what makes those games effective ever in the movie series. Like the very first one is like a huge, faci- like starts in a facility. Yeah. The claustrophobia of a mansion and being around corridors and not knowing what's going on, I don't think it's really been effectively communicated. Well, because a Resident Evil movie done right is a bad movie. Like, the Resident Evil parts that make up the bulk of that game are you running back and forth through corridors you've already been through. Sorry. <laughs> Your corridors you've already been through, and like solving puzzles that are like these esoteric riddles about like where to put the green gem in like the eagle eye or the lion's eye, you know. That's well, I don't mean I don't mean like verbatim, but <laughs> sorry. The the true thrill of the games is is the claustrophobia and like the surrealism of like this is bizarre. Yeah. Like these these things that are going on. I don't think either of those things have have been communicated by the franchise. I'm just saying something I wouldn't yeah. mind being right. yeah. remade. Uh, a different take. Like a, Tomb Raider, like a hard Tomb Raider remake on the first video game, and it opens up with like Alicia V. Cater just like jumping in space into a wall again, <laughs> trying to jump on this cliff, <laughs> or just doing. I don't know how long since, since you've seen play of like the old Tomb Raider games. Yeah, uh, where it's just like the straight up hop where she's just holding her guns <laughs> at her side, like her 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 top half doesn't move at all. It's just like her legs. Hope it starts off. <laughs> Hope it starts starts off with her in a mansion and the little butler following, <laughs> like where she's jumping all around. She's just doing parkour. <laughs> Excuse me, miss. You've got tombs, wombs to raid. Wombs to raid. Womb raider. Yeah, because because that line. has to be the the porn alternate title, right? It has to be womb raider. God. <laughs> it's probably not that creepy. It's probably just like bum raider or something. <laughs> <laughs> Or this ain't Tomb Raider XXX. Yeah. <laughs> Tomb Gator. I was trying to think of any, uh, are there any video game remakes? Tom Slater. That aren't just like, I couldn't, I couldn't really figure mm. out any good examples that aren't just See, extensions. Yeah, because they go through like, the remastering process for a video game is essentially the, the remake for movies. If you do a shot for shot remake of a movie, it's basically a remaster. You're updating it for technology. I guess I was thinking the best example would be the new Square Tomb Raider game. Yeah. It's kind of like a remake of the old IDOS games. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't mind playing... Skyrim? Like, GTA 3 or, like, Vice City uh, remastered or whatever. Or if or they took GTA 1 and 2 and put them in 3D worlds and not the top-down worlds. Hmm. be interesting. Oh, yeah. I didn't even... Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. And then also trying to hit our three estates that we cover, uh, TV remakes, you know, I think we all like The Office, that's a remake. Mm-hmm. We all, a lot of us like Battlestar Galactica, which is a remake, yeah. or a reboot, depending on what you want to talk about. Homeland remake, House Cards, Translation remake. Yeah, Shameless. Shameless. It's really good. There's not as many examples in TV, but they're there. Well, lots of TV shows get just, like, remade into movies. You talk... I mean, not that this is the, the pinnacle of greatness, but, you know, the Wild Wild West TV show, sure. Wild Wild West movie, you know, it has to tell the origin because otherwise, like, you can't just jump in into, like, episode 75 is, like, an hour and a half long feature-length film that is exhibited only mm-hmm. in theaters um, that gets smart. Yeah. The Fugitive. <clears throat> Great movie. Yeah. Um, Doctor Who is in a weird space because it kind of went through a remake period with the new EP, but they don't have to remake anything because it was built with a mechanism that they never have to right. uh, worry about, like a lead actor leaving. Yeah. The doctor regenerates and changes his look. Kind of also with the James Bond franchise, it's just set up to. Sorry, I know I jumped to. Movies, no, no, no. It's just naturally, 
you know, if there's a new actor, just the slight's cleared. Mm-hmm. Kind yeah. of establish that early on. And and none of the movies really care about any of the other movies. No. Like, it it doesn't really matter. The only thing that matters is uh, M. Like, where M is in the series, I think, is the only through line. Like, Daniel Craig doesn't do uh, S- Skyfall with, like, knowledge. It, like, doesn't talk to the character, like, whoa, remember, like, we had a good time at that casino. Like, that, that doesn't ever fucking happen. True. The Dan Brown movies are that way. They don't tie together at all. So there are some Bond movies that do, actually, where I think it's the Timothy Dalton ones, possibly, where he gets married at the end of one and his wife gets killed, I think, at the end. And okay. then the next movie is about him. Hunting down her killer. Yeah, I think I think that's right. Or at least she he maybe he gets married at the end of one and then she dies at the beginning of the next. That would make sense with the Austin Powers parodies. Yeah. Because he get married and she immediately uh, dies. Yeah. I think Casino Royale to Quantum of Solace, there's continuity there with Vesper being Yes, and there, down. there's also like organizational like uh, there's he's digging deeper into what he finds out is Spectre yeah. later. Yeah, but, but that's loose. Yeah. MI6 is an organization. He's 007, and there's other agents that sometimes are rogue. Yeah. yeah. that's. I didn't mean to jump into no, like no, no. a side universe of kind of in-between remake and sequel type stuff, but I'm good. I know I'm good. Julie Andrews, what's the next homework? Is it me? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what uh, you were going to say. Next week, we're doing... Uh, it's draft week. Ah. So... Uh, picking a movie and naming the draft. Uh, the draft is going to be uh, high school couples you would want to you would wanted to have gone on a double date with. Mm. Oh, okay. Uh, right. I, I like the specificity. So, yeah, super specific with that. Uh, and the movie to get us into that is Ten Things I Hate About You, uh, nineteen ninety nine movie with a cast that is very large: Heath Ledger, Joseph Gordon Levitt, Julia Stiles, and her heyday. Uh, Gabriel Union Marissa Alenik I think is in yeah. it mm-hmm. the very funny uh, who plays her dad I love that guy uh, yeah it's from all the Coaster Guest movies too what's his name Miller last name Miller <laughs> god damn it <laughs> I don't know it's, I think it's Gabriel Union's uh, first I want to say though first movie quick cue um, requirement is high school couple they we want like teen, teen, like basically like rom com drums, not like not the genre specific, but like the teen part is important. Uh, yeah, one of them has to have been in high school in there. Okay, so never been kissed. You can yet. pick Drew Barrymore and someone else. Yep, <laughs> as long as the setting is a high school and they are a romantic couple. Yes. Okay. So no, like buddy. No. No, like two here a pair of teachers. Yeah, not not or, Zach and Slater, but Zach and Kelly would be fun. okay. Plus, if you want to go on a double date with Zack and Slater, you're just weird. Nuh-uh, you'd be so cool. <laughs> so cool. I just want to hear they would, they would talk so much shit about you when you had a beer, though. I want to hear him say It's a really bad decision. <laughs> they, would, they would stop time and be like, so. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, five-round draft will do. So. It's so deep. Next it week. Double date couples, and at least one of those has to be in a high school student in their video game, television show, or movie. I could just load it with persona characters. <laughs> you, you can. <laughs> Sounds riveting, David. I know. <laughs> well, the problem with those is like I'm going to go with Chie and protagonist because they don't have a name. Blue shirt and gray shirt because you named the the main character. You want to know just. Just I'll, I'll cut this out, but you want to know what my actual name was when I played Persona 3, a game I put 110 hours into? What? First name and a last name, Literal Blumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Blumpkin? Or no, literal, 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 literal Blumpkin. Blumpkin. His first name was Literal, his last name was Blumpkin. <laughs> Don't edit that out. Jesus, let's go. How many go? So Literal Blumpkin may be on a double date. Nice. <laughs> so it's like Literal Blumpkin and like Yosuke. Like, like or Fuga. <laughs> <laughs> That's my high school couple on a double date on. <laughs> These kids who shoot themselves in the head to travel to other dimensions. Yeah. Like, it sounds like a terrible fucking double date. <laughs> yeah. Interesting stories. If they tell you. Cool. By the way, sounds cool. Looking forward to it. <clears throat>
And this was, uh, I think that wraps it up. Yeah. This was Talkie Talk, the podcast for TheMediaBios.com. Please visit the site and see our stuff. Check us out on Twitter, at the Media Bios, Facebook. Uh, we got Facebook groups, TV by us, games by us, movies by us. And we also have a uh, the Media by us Facebook page we want you to go to. Um, yeah, give us a like. Yeah. Give us a like. Give us Stay a, a while. Give us a... It was a smooth. Just a little take, peck on the page. Take your coat off. <laughs> take your pants off. All right. Nope. Not what I said. I think we're starting to repel people from the page. <laughs> well, anyway, if you'd like to report a crime about this podcast, send us your dick pics. <laughs> you can send us a zero star review if you feel like. Seems appropriate. And uh, engage with us. You know, we love to get your guys' opinion on podcast topics and whatnot. Want to say uh, thanks to Willow Walkers for providing intro music, and a very special thanks to you guys. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, David. Thanks, Brent. Mm-hmm. Thanks, DJ. Yay! For being here, and this was uh, Talkie Talk. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>